You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're joining me for episode 244 of the Blended Family Podcast. And today my guest is Billy Tarasio, and she's an attorney, and we're going to be talking about Yes, COVID and the laws surrounding it. And I know this is a topic that some of you are interested in. Some of us don't want to talk about COVID anymore. It just so happens that this is an episode I recorded a while back, but it is still relevant, especially in the blended family. You know, somebody just wrote to me the other day and asked about what happens if she wants a vaccine and her ex does not want a vaccine for the kids and these are real issues that are affecting all of us right now when it comes down to school when it comes down to the masks when it comes down to vaccines and gosh even social distancing there's really no laws around this stuff and so billy today is going to help us kind of navigate that and figure out what the laws are and what really is going to happen moving forward coming out of all this, which we hope is soon, right? The election is, as you're hearing this, the election in the U.S. is tomorrow, uh, November 3rd. This is coming out on the 2nd. And so I just encourage everyone to go out and vote. You know, I was not someone who ever voted my whole life. I only just started voting two terms ago. And it is really important that you do your research and that you understand what's going on in the world and that you get involved if you want to make a change. And I think right now more than ever, uh, we want to see some changes happen. And so um, you elect who is right for you, but I just encourage you to really do your research and get out and vote. It really counts. Uh, Last week, we spoke to Florence Ann Romano. She is the Windy City Nanny. If you missed that show, check it out. She was a fun guest talking all about nanny stuff if you find yourself in the position of needing a nanny right now. And then next week, we're going to be talking to Karen Strzok, who is a children's book author. And I'm also going to be trying to answer some of your questions. You know, I love answering your questions, and I used to do some Q&A shows, and I'm going to be getting back to that. I just had so many interviews backlogged because when I was sick for a while, when I started to get better, I started just booking tons of interviews, and then I just couldn't get them out fast enough for you guys. And I'm actually getting caught up on that now, and so... We might be hearing some solo shows soon and definitely some Q&A shows. So if you have questions for me, please send them to Melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. You can send them to me on Facebook, but I have to be honest, they might get a little bit lost in the shuffle because I'm really not on Facebook that much right now. It's not a place that is a good place for me right now. It's too negative, too much stuff going on in there. So I pop in and out, but there's a good chance that I could miss something. So please, again, email me. That's the way that you can ensure that I will get it. Uh, If you miss any of the links, they're always in the show notes there for you. 
And that's really it. I'm going to let you enjoy this interview with Billy right after a word from this week's sponsor. Have a great week, everybody. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the effort and responsibility of being a parent? The Guidance Approach to Conscious Parenting is a revolutionary approach that helps you raise healthier, happier children and gives you the tools to feel successful as a parent. And you can achieve this transformation in just three months when you join the 90-Day Parenting Reset course. Catherine Celery, three times TEDx speaker and mom of two, has taught thousands of parents, children, and executives on conscious communication for over 20 years. She grew up in a blended family herself and learned firsthand the journey of integrating his, hers, theirs, and it wasn't always easy. It's driven her from the heart to create a program for families to overcome hurts, create safe containers for connection, understanding, and love. To learn more about Catherine and her amazing program, you can check out episode 237 when she joined me on this show, or just head on over to blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash 90 day reset, which will take you directly to her site to sign up. And you can save 10% off the 90 day parenting reset course when you use my promo code blended 10. What are you waiting for? Get started today to learn how to become the parent you always intended to be. Today, I'm here with Billy Tarasio. And when Billy was 19 years old, her parents went through a divorce, and she didn't see it coming, especially as the drama of the divorce and the resulting custody battle unfolded. Billy and her brothers were heartbroken. Their worlds were completely rocked. And at the time, she was all too aware of the role her parents' attorneys played during this life changing transition for everyone. Their divorce changed the course of her life. And that's when she knew then that she wanted to be a family law attorney. What she does as a family law attorney affects people's lives and the lives of their children for decades, and she absolutely loves it. And today she's here to discuss how the coronavirus has added a new layer of complexity to the already challenging world of co-parenting, specifically around masks and other things we're dealing with today. So welcome to the show, Billy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to have you here. You know, as I was learning more about you, I learned that you're really about making law services more affordable to people as well as making the entire process go much more smoothly for them. And you empower people so that they can be confident in moving forward. And I think that that's really impressive. But before we get to all that good stuff, I really want to know a little bit more about your childhood because I heard in your bio that obviously your parents' divorce really affected you and the divorce was you know I know when we're children um, we don't know how that's gonna affect us later on and so obviously that was a catalyst for what you do as an attorney today so I just want to hear a little bit more about that how it affected you and just tell us a little bit more yeah so um, I was 19 when they got divorced and and I think it started maybe when I was 18 I was a freshman in college and um, the the way that it went down was very dramatic you know the exit was very dramatic and when you have teenagers they are they become a sort of part of the divorce the parents feel like they're old enough to understand old enough to be involved the kids feel like they're certainly old enough to have an opinion and they do and in some ways i think getting a divorce when your kids are teenagers or young adults can be harder 
than getting a divorce when they're young. And I also think the, the biggest lesson that I can take away from my parents' divorce is the exit matters. How you plan your exit really, really matters. And I don't think that my parents um, had any idea. Um, and everybody is doing the best they can, but, but here I am, and now I've been a divorce attorney since 2005, and I went through my own divorce in 2019, um, and so I've been able to see so many divorces, so many blended families, hear so many stories, and take those lessons to make my own divorce as peaceful as possible on my children. Wow. Well, yeah, I, one of the things that stuck out to me when you said was that um, it, it's almost a little bit harder if the kids are older. And I could totally agree with that. I think I was 12 when my parents got divorced and that was a mm-hmm. difficult age too. But I saw with my children, when I got divorced, they were young, much younger. They were like three and six. And mm-hmm. that made a huge difference because they're so much more resilient at that age. And it doesn't affect them as deeply because they don't really understand exactly what's happening. And obviously teenagers have much more strong opinions about things. So um, I can totally understand how at 19 that affected you in such a deep way and that's why you're an attorney today so i think it's amazing um in the last six months billy we know that we've seen some unprecedented changes in the world and i'm sure that you've seen it in your line of work as well i just spoke to an attorney last week and she said that it's really really changed for her and she's in new york and she deals with um high profile clients, but I'd like to know, I know you're in Arizona and I'd like to know how things are affecting you over there and what you've seen change majorly in the last six months. Well, it's hard to, everything has changed. You know, we went, we went remote, we went lockdown. Now the, all of our client meetings are essentially online. Court is online. Um, Exhibits are digital. So We've done more technological advancement in the last six months than we would have done in the next 10 years. And that is certainly a positive because that means that people are spending less money on lawyers because they aren't paying for travel costs. They aren't paying, you know, if it's a 15 minute status conference, instead of having to go to court and meet beforehand, you just get online. So there are definitely some some positives. The other change is that I'm sure you read divorce filings are up 34% over Mm. the same time last year. So demand is up, fewer attorneys are available because many have had to shut down their practices. If they didn't have the technological wherewithal to work remote, they've shut down. So there's fewer attorneys available and more people who need them. Wow. Well, you know, I was just talking to the other gal this week about the divorce rate going up. And I know we were talking about how people shouldn't make a decision when they're down, but I know so many people are doing that right now because it's such a stressful time. And so we see that the divorce rate is going up. And I imagine that it's even more so for blended families who just feel the strain in a little bit more of a challenging way. We just have some added complexities on, and we're going to get to that here in a minute. Um, But, you know, families already had so many disagreements as it is, especially blended families. And now they're disagreeing on extra things, right? We have the mask issue. We have the rules around social distancing. 
who thinks that their kids should have a vaccine and who disagrees with the vaccine. And this is all added on top of what maybe they were struggling with before. And then they have financial issues. So I want to know, how do you help clients through these type of disagreements, Billy? Because there's no guidebook on this. This is something that no one has experienced before. So we can't go back and say, well, what did we do back then? And there's so many strong feelings on both sides. So since this is all new territory, how do you guide people through these types of issues. Yeah, I'm really glad that you asked that because yesterday I was talking to um, a potential client and um, we are already back in school in Arizona, which has the pressure has the pressure cooker has never been higher Mm. for people in Arizona because some schools are open, some schools aren't. There's online learning and online learning Uh, I don't know if you've ever done it, but I have four kids. My youngest is in kindergarten. My oldest is in 10th grade. So all different ages. And it is so hard to help your kids learn online. Um, And then, and then there's the decision to be made. Do I send my kids to school or not? And what happens when you've got a a situation where the parents have joint legal decision-making and they don't agree on whether or not the kids should go back to school? That is the situation that everyone is facing right now in Arizona. And this this potential client I was talking to yesterday, um, they had agreed that their child would go back to school in person. They had submitted those forms. And then mom changed her mind and mom told the school, nope, I don't want to do that anymore. And the school does not know what to do. Dad's sending the kids on his parenting time. Mom's not sending the kids on her parenting time. The school has the option of online or in person, but not half the time, all or nothing. And so the school doesn't know what to do. I'm telling this, this gentleman that I'm on the phone with, I have no idea if the court is going to enforce you know, making your child go to school. There is zero precedent on this. And even though it's a clear violation of joint legal decision-making, I cannot tell you how this will turn out if we take it to court. Wow. This is, this is getting really, really challenging. Yeah, it really is because what we've done is we've expected, we're expecting more from parents and kids than we ever, ever have. Now, you know, you either have to have a nanny to help your children learn online, or you have to be at home yourself while trying to juggle your own workload. And you're trying, you know, there's more household duties between in every single household, which just makes it easier to break and makes the tension rise higher than it ever has with divorced and blended families. Yes, totally, totally agree with you. Um, and to, to speak on the online schooling thing, for me personally, uh, we had a challenge with it. We only had one kid doing it last, well, we had two. They both didn't do very well. But um, mm-hmm. my daughter couldn't do it at all, like mm-hmm. not at all. Totally mm-hmm. ended up failing, but we're having an issue with her sending her to school as well um, mm-hmm. because she has high anxiety and she doesn't want to wear the mask. And so anyway, we're working out something for her. But my point is it is very, very challenging. And I know I've said it so many times. I'm so lucky that my kids are teenagers because I don't know how I would have done it. And I don't know how everyone else is doing it when you're expected to teach your kids and there's really, there's just no guidelines. So I wanna just kind of jump into legalities here because 
As we know, there aren't any instructions for what we're facing now, and there's certainly no prior laws surrounding some of these issues. Specifically, I want to talk about the masks because Mm -hmm. this is a brand new situation for people. It is completely insane right now as far as the fury it's causing Mm -hmm. in people on both sides, people Mm -hmm. who believe in them and people who don't. Where Mm -hmm. do you need to wear one and where don't you, where shouldn't you? And let's face it, we know that all of the materials have not been tested for efficiency. Some of the boxes that I've seen say right on the box that it does not stop the coronavirus. And then I know that um, people are wearing bandanas and then some people have the really good masks. I mean, there's just, there's everything's just, there's no regulations. And since nobody knows what's right, Many are going to need to turn to you, to the law, for answers because we don't know. So what do you know, Billy, about the laws surrounding the masks? I mean, I know there really, there aren't any specific mask laws yet, maybe, but uh, there must be something that encompasses it. So what what should we turn to here? Well, in, in Arizona, there is a mask mandate, and that makes it a little bit easier um, the mandate in Arizona is, you know, if you're if you're in in a store or if you're in public, or even if you're outside but you're unable to to be socially distanced, you're required to have a mask on. Um, so that's it makes it a lot easier when that regulation was put into place, because before that you just have sides arguing over whether or not it's effective. Right. And now, you know, from my lawyer perspective, it just doesn't matter. There's a law. You got to wear a mask that, that, you know, end of end of discussion. If you don't want to wear a mask, you either stay at home or, you know, stay outside. Like, you know, restaurants have specific rules. There was lawsuits here about gyms because gyms were forced to close, but other businesses weren't. So it wasn't even like being it wasn't even really fair. It was sort of arbitrary. Um, so it's been, I think, really, really hard for people. What my kids school has done. Um, so I mentioned I've got a kindergartner and a second grader, and then I've got an eighth grader and a 10th grader and the eighth grader and the 10th grader, they're, they're fine. They can wear the masks. We, we, you know, we found the most comfortable one we can and they're fine. It's not really an issue. It's a lot harder for the little kids. And so Mm -hmm. what the school has done is they've, um, they've built shields around the desks so that if, you know, my kindergartner is at her desk working, she doesn't have to wear her mask. That's great. Yeah. They have given the kids a lanyard and attached the mask to the lanyard. So it's fairly easy for them to take off and on. Mm -hmm. They don't have to wear it at recess and they don't have to wear it when they're eating. They do have to wear it if they're up and around in the halls or um, moving, you know, to, to specials. And it'll be very interesting to see what comes of this, because the other thing that my children's school has done is they've partnered with a testing center and they're offering free testing for all families and all kids at all times. And they're doing temperature checks. So, you know, I I understand that this is an experiment and and my ex-husband and I agreed to put our kids in the experiment because we felt that our kids being back in school was um, really important. Mm -hmm. And we also felt like the risk was pretty low for our family. So that's a decision that we made. And we will know in three months or, or six weeks or, or whatnot, what that consequence is because of the amount of testing that they're doing. And they're sharing those results, not, not the individual names, but the percentages of positive tests and where that's going. So it's so interesting it's, it's very interesting. And it's very interesting to watch what's going on 
everywhere else because I'm in Florida and yes, we do have a mask mandate, but it's not, it's very unusual. It's not, I don't know. Maybe we don't actually, because it's very strange. So like one of my girlfriends said that her son, um, he was in school and they weren't a lot, they eat lunch at 11 and they don't get out till four and they don't let them have a snack from lunch till the end of the day, but they can have water, but they cannot remove their mask to have a snack. But yet they were out playing football without a mask. And then, and then at my daughter's high school, they don't let them remove the mask at all. No ifs, ands, or buts for any reason, except at lunch. And so there's, there really isn't, um, it's different everywhere we go. And that's the issue that I have is that there's no guidelines. Um, and I feel like people don't know what to expect because as soon as you move from town to town or area to area, it could be different. Um, and that's why people get frustrated. And I think that's why people feel there's no regulation. So I think it would be great if there could be something where people just knew. Um, so is there anything that you think my listeners need to know regarding the laws surrounding the masks or vaccines that's helpful for them to protect them moving forward, especially for those who can't seem to come to an agreement on how to handle things or blended families? Like, is there anything that you can share that can help them with the law with this? Well, I want to, I think the first, I want to first address what you were mentioning about uniformity. And I think one of the most difficult things about this pandemic is that everyone has a different risk tolerance and everyone is at a different risk level. And the nice thing about different schools offering different things and having different rules is that you get to choose what works best for you and your family. There are probably some schools in our area that are all masks all the time, you know, plus the kids have to sanitize their area every 30, you know, mm -hmm. pile on the, the restrictions. Um, and then there are probably some schools like my kid's school that is fairly liberal. They're trying to follow the law, but they said specifically in an email they sent out yesterday, they're not going to turn into the mask police. Mm -hmm. They're not going to spend their time, you know, enforce enforcing. They're going to gently encourage and who knows what that outcome looks like. So what can you do though? So the real, the real challenge is, so if you and your, your ex, you know, because this is really about blended families. So you're sharing your children in different, and you, and you don't live together. This is not a person you're in a relationship with. So figuring out how the two of you can get on the same page might be the hardest thing here. Uh, and m most of the clients that I'm talking to who are experiencing problems, they have very different views on the pandemic, which is so controversial. Our country has never been more divided. And now masks are, 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 are political as opposed to mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, how does this affect my health and what do I want to do about it? Um, and so it's just another way to fight with your ex and your children are in the middle. And then what do you do? When you're talking about parenting time, you get to decide what happens during your parenting time. So, you know, I had some people talk to me and say, I've got a child from another marriage who's high risk, and therefore I want to restrict what my ex-spouse is exposing our daughter to. And I, I told her, you know, you're never going to win that, ever. It's very easy for me to say in a clear-cut way, you know, people, parents get to make choices for their children when they are in their care and custody. 
But when you come, now we have this school issue, which blows the lid off of it because the parents now have to agree and coming to an agreement for most people is darn near impossible. And what do you do when you've got joint legal decision-making? And now it depends on your state. So some states have a preference for giving one parent the final say on important aspects. I was licensed in Oregon and they only issue joint custody there, joint legal decision-making if both parties agree to it. So the fact is that most parents there, um, one or the other is the is the deciding factor. Arizona is the complete opposite. They have a presumption for joint legal decision making that is, I don't know, probably an 80% presumption. So you have to have a, you know, serious set of facts in order to get one parent having sole decision making or joint legal decision making with someone having the final decision making authority. And it's wreaking havoc on parents and kids with school issues. Well, especially because they need to come to a decision like very, very soon, if not already, because school right. has started for many of us already. And so right. we don't have a lot of time to say, oh, let's think this over for a couple of months and decide what we want to do. They have to decide right now. So how do you, how do you help facilitate that if, if you have a couple or an ex-couple, I should say, that really can't come to an agreement on this? What, what ends up happening? Well, a lot of it is practical. So there's another client that we've got and she's in the middle of a divorce and it's a long protracted divorce and she has young kids and her husband, you know, soon to be ex-husband, um, signed up the kids for school. He just did it. And she was very angry. And one of the things I asked her was, well, what did you propose? And she hadn't made a proposal. She didn't have a plan. So practically speaking, you must have a plan. And if the other parent is not taking action, you're probably okay to go ahead and take action. Now, you certainly should inform the other parent, but when push comes to shove, if the child needs to be enrolled in school, and so you, somebody has to decide how that's gonna go down. And then the other issue that we are getting is, um, you know, schools are caught in the middle of fights between two parents. Usually, though, when a child is enrolled in a school, they cannot enroll in a different school. And they don't de-enroll them without both parents. So essentially, this means the first parent to enroll the school has the upper hand. Okay. That makes sense. And I want to go back to something that you said a minute ago, because you brought up about the fact that you know, my house, my rules. And this is something that I've talked about so many times on my show before about that we cannot control for what goes on at the other person's house. However, this particular situation with the virus has had people um, just get very, very angry over all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it throws all of that out the window. And I've gotten these letters, I've gotten these emails and these questions of people that are like exactly what you said. They're in new blended families on the other side and they have other at-risk people and they, they do, they try to mitigate and control for everybody in the entire blended family and that can't be done. And, and I know that that's really hard pill to swallow when you, when you realize that you can't really control for some of these things. But I said it at the beginning of this whole outbreak, I said, it's going to be almost impossible to control in blended families, the social distancing thing, because you can't control who at the other house 
is seeing anyone, going anywhere, going to different appointments, going to the food store. Um, you can't control for all of this. And so at some point you have to just take a deep breath and really it's going to be okay. I know people are getting sick. You have to be cautious, but you can't, you can't control everything. And I'm glad that you said it. it's coming from an attorney. And um, I, I understand that that's something you deal with all the time, right? People trying to control the other home. Yes. And so for those people that have, for those couples that already have that dynamic, because some couples do, um, this is just an excuse. It's just yeah. the latest in, in something to fight about. But for other people, they're genuinely very, very concerned. And when this pandemic started, the amount of panic that, that was, uh, you know, that existed for most of us was pretty awful. And I feel like that has died down to a certain extent. Um, people are a little bit less panicked about the pandemic. Maybe they're distracted by things like school and the pressure of trying to pay their bills. Um, and I think, you know, at least in Arizona, the spread rate is going down and is fairly under control now. Um, but, you know, being shoved, having, having that level of information shoved in our face and, you know, day-to-day you know, updates about how awful it is and how everyone's dying really isn't accurate and wasn't, I guess it was helpful to get people to change their behavior, but it wasn't helpful from a co-parenting standpoint. Oh, no, no, it was, it was definitely a nightmare. And I think if you could get your ex to be on the same page, you're very lucky because there's just too many issues. You know, mm -hmm. we, we didn't even talk about the vaccine issue. And I, I'll give you a minute mm -hmm. to talk about that too, because that is going to be the whole issue of getting tested and getting the vaccine um, is very controversial right now. And we don't have to go into the controversy of it, but do you know anything that's going to happen with the legality on that? Because there's, I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know what's going to happen with that when that vaccine actually comes out, because I know how many people do not want it. And I know also equally how many people that feel very strongly about it. So what if you have two parents disagreeing on something like that, that's, that's even more serious than the mask or a school situation. Yeah. Great, great point. Um, typically the anti-vaxxers lose in court um, when there is that disagreement. Judges are by nature conservative and here, what we see most of the time is if a judge has to decide where one parent wants to get the kids vaccinated and one parent doesn't, they will usually side with the parent that wants to vaccinate. Or they will say something like, um, the, you know, per the child's current doctor's recommendations or something like that. With the coronavirus vaccine, that's a different ballgame because... Um, I think there, I think that there is a good reason to be concerned that perhaps the vaccine was rushed. Perhaps mm -hmm. the vaccine will have negative consequences that we don't know about. And if we, if we do it on a mass level very quickly, what, what if, what if there's something wrong with it? What if it doesn't work? Um, and so I don't know that judges would react the same way to the question of, you know, should my, I should I give my 
child the coronavirus vaccine when there's no agreement. I don't see Arizona passing a law that makes a vaccine mandatory. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't think that it was going to be mandatory. And that's the way that I feel about it. I feel if you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't, then don't. You know, I, I'm, I'm very much about letting people have their own choice with this. But of course, when it comes to children, children don't have a choice. They have to do whatever their parents want them to do uh, when they're young. And so it's definitely a concern. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this all rolls out. Right. I mean, and, and again, it goes back to this custody issue and who gets to make these very important, you know, legal decisions. Mm. Um, if, if one parent is designated, then that's the answer. And it stinks, but that's the answer. And then if you've got joint decision making, but you don't agree, what happens? I mean, practically speaking, it goes back to the same school issue. If a parent goes and gets a kid vaccinated, there's nothing the other parent can do about it. Right. Hmm. It should be interesting. Well, I, I think even if this ends soon, and it's not going to end soon, but even if it did, I'm sure the effects for you are going to be very long lasting in the court systems. I know that people are saying this is going to put things on delay for years. I actually did not know, though, about the advances in technology. It makes total sense because we have a financial company as well. And People started doing all online appointments after, which was great. And I know that some of that is helpful for you, but what do you expect to see moving forward? Do you expect to see any future laws or regulations changed or do you expect to see anything change for you personally in your line of work? Well, uh, the, the great thing is in Arizona, well, at least in Maricopa County, which is where Phoenix is located, um, the court system is fully functioning and if anything it may be more efficient now than it was which is fairly mind-blowing and really cool and they're investing in new technology to make video trials even smoother and th those aren't going to go away so from that perspective i think things are great um, in the future what's going to happen well i think that the divorce rate and the increased demand probably isn't going away. Um, I, the pressure on families just really increases the chance of divorce. But I do think as the economy tumbles and as people have less money, it's more important now than ever that people have affordable options um, and they can get access to information and access to legal help that is not that doesn't cost you know three hundred dollars an hour there will always be people that need very expensive lawyers to do really great lawyering but there's going to be more people who don't need that and can't afford that and they just need some legal help getting themselves through the system in a fair way yeah well what a perfect segue into what i want to talk about next which is your second company that you started called i do over i really would love for you to talk about that a little bit yeah, so I Do Over is Modern Law's sister company, and it exists to provide access to affordable legal resources. So there are online courses. We have certified legal document preparers who can do um, your documents for you, help you through the process. They're not allowed to give legal advice. But another very interesting thing that has happened in Arizona is we are the first state that has passed 
um, a, a law that will allow non-lawyers, people who did not go to law school, to practice law and go to court. And that happens in January. And so that means we're going to have more affordable legal help for people than we ever have. And Modern Law and I Do Over are really positioning themselves to, to be as accessible as possible to people who need help. This is amazing. I love it for so many reasons because it really empowers people when they can learn and understand what's happening in their own life and take control of it instead of just allowing things to happen to them. And I also love it because it does help to keep the cost down for people. And everyone really needs that. Divorce can get really, really expensive. So for the listeners, I want you to understand that if you go to her site, um, and is it, is it I do over.com tell me the name of the site. It's I do over dot life. Dot life. That's right. Okay. That's which is the coolest website name. I do over dot life. It doesn't matter if you don't live in Arizona, she's got courses on the site and other resources and it's very, very affordable. Um, so please check it out. In particular, there is one on parenting plans and that could be something that can feel like a really challenging thing to try to do on your own or without an attorney. But um, you've got a course in there. So Billy, do you want to talk about the courses? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a course on navigating the legal system. It goes through how to present evidence in court if you're doing it on your own, um, what to expect in the process. And then there's a course on building your parenting plan. And we talk about long distance plans versus medium distance plans versus short plans and things that you probably haven't thought about including that you might want to include in your next parenting plan. So I do, I do think that everybody should take a look at it. It talks about things like the pros and cons of the right of first refusal. People often think that the right of first refusal is a good idea when they're getting divorced, but it rarely actually is a good idea. And so having somebody that's been able to see the fallout of those provisions, those types of provisions years in advance and tell you what you might expect will give you a better way of knowing how to draft your parenting plan that will last. So you don't have to go back and modify it and you don't have you know, problems that you didn't anticipate. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. And so for the listeners, that's I do over dot life. I'm going to put that in the show notes. But then she also, if you live in Arizona and you want to connect with Billy, her website is mymodernlaw.com. Both links will be in the show notes. Uh, Billy, before we go, I want to know if you, maybe there's something you can leave my listeners with right now to help those that are struggling with co-parenting through this unprecedented time or anything else that you'd like them to know. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing that you can do to help yourself is if you're really struggling and you've been struggling, you, you kind of have to figure out how to change your mindset and, and practice radical acceptance of the things we can control and the things we can't control. And also, please be easy on yourself and your kids. We've never been under this much pressure. And you know what? If our kids fall behind this year, let's say they had to redo the whole year. Let's say they graduated at 19 instead of 18. Would that really be the end of the world? Like nothing that we, none of the pressure that we're facing on the school issue is life or death. And remember that this time that you have with your kids at home is so, so hard, but it's also the only time you're going to experience this. So, 
you know, let's say you opt out of regular school and you unschool for a while. That might be okay. Just changing your perspective to go easy on yourself, to be flexible, and to radically accept the things you can control and can't control is probably the best thing you can do for co-parenting. Well, I'm all about shifting perspective. So that was some really, really great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this information. It was a real joy to have you, Billy. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.